Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Doctor Who is like a great big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. It's been running for so long that tons of myths, misconceptions and urban legends have sprung around it. Like a massive game of Chinese whispers that has been running for almost 60 years at this point. With that in mind, I'm Ellie with Who Culture here with 10 things everyone always gets wrong about Doctor Who. Number 10. Jenny regenerated in The Doctor's Daughter the Doctor's daughter was designed to challenge the Doctor in a unique way. It paired him with a character who, for all intents and purposes, was his daughter, but gave her a military mindset that was very much at odds with the Doctor's values. Despite this, the two characters came to understand one another over the course of the episode. So it was a particularly cruel twist of fate when Jenny was killed by a gunshot by the rather insensitive General Cobb. Believing her to be gone for good, the Doctor took his TARDIS and left, only for Jenny to spring back to life in a final pre-credits tag with a stream of golden energy emitting from her mouth. Because Jenny was created from the Doctor's DNA, some people believed that this was her regenerating, just like any Time Lord would after succumbing to a bullet wound. That golden energy, which looks similar to regeneration energy, would seem to back up this train of thought. But that's not actually what's going on here. Rather, it's energy from the Source, the terraforming device that the humans and the Hath are fighting over, that brings Jenny back to life. The Source's green-tinted energy is the same stuff that emits from Jenny's mouth, and considering that it has the power to rejuvenate an entire planet's ecosystem, bringing someone back from the dead would be child's play for it. Number 9. All Gallifreyans are Time Lords the descriptors Time Lord and Gallifreyan are thrown around interchangeably by fans and non-fans alike. To be completely fair though, Doctor Who hasn't done the best job of making the differences between the two clear. While all Time Lords are Gallifreyan, not all Gallifreyans are Time Lords. The Time Lords are a super duper special group that wears funny hats and does all the talking. They're basically Gallifrey's government officials. According to the 10th Doctor in The Sound of Drums, they're ordinary Gallifreyan children who were taken from their families at a young age and entered into the Time Lord Academy. Here, they gazed into the untempered schism which showed them the power of the Time Vortex. According to the version of events depicted in The Timeless Children, Gallifrey's indigenous people are the Shabogans, a group of whom renamed themselves Time Lords after the Timeless Child's DNA granted them the ability to regenerate. In a nutshell, people on Gallifrey aren't automatically Time Lords from birth. There are ordinary Gallifreyans in one camp and then those who go on to become Time Lords in another. We've even seen some of these ordinary Gallifreyans in the show, such as the young boy in Heaven Sent or the outsiders in The Invasion of Time. Number 8. The Daleks Couldn't Levitate Until 2005 
That iconic scene in Series 1's Dalek, where the main villain levitates up a flight of stairs, has on occasion been called the first time the Daleks flew. Understandably, their ability to conquer the universe was questionable if they needed an elevator to reach the second floor, but this moment put that doubt to rest. Except, it had already been put to rest in 1988's Remembrance of the Daleks, with a Dalek defeating some stairs with apparent ease. And 23 years before that, a Dalek levitated out of some sand in the first Doctor serial The Chase, in a scene that served as the cliffhanger of Episode 1. We also see a Dalek hovering in 1985's Revelation of the Daleks. This is something that's been reinforced throughout New Who, where it's been shown that the Daleks can actually properly fly. See that epic Daleks vs Cybermen street battle in Doomsday, or the reconnaissance scout swooping down to fight the human army in Resolution. So we won't hear any more slander about the Daleks not being able to climb stairs, okay? Number 7. Chris Chibnall had a 5 year plan. The Timeless Child twist cemented the Chris Chibnall era as the most divisive time in modern Who. But interestingly, the decision to shake up the Doctor's backstory was something that the BBC supported him on from the very beginning. I knew from the start, Chibnall told Radio Times in 2020, adding that the Timeless Child concept was included in his initial pitches to BBC execs. It's quotes like this that fuel a myth that began right at the beginning of Chibnall's tenure, with fans often bringing up his supposed five-year plan for the show, even though there's zero evidence that Chibnall said such a thing in the first place. And that's because he didn't. With the five-year myth actually stemming from a 2017 quote by James Strong, who directed several Doctor Who episodes under Russell T Davies, and also collaborated with Chibnall on Torchwood and Broadchurch. Strong, who was clearly just speaking in broad strokes, said that Chibnall's Doctor Who undertaking was a five-year project, which was then spun by various outlets and fans as Chris Chibnall has a five-year plan, and thus the myth was born. Number 6. Time and Relative Dimensions in Space There are several iconic pop culture quotes that many people get wrong. Darth Vader actually says, no, I am your father, rather than Luke, I am your father. And no, it isn't mirror mirror on the wall, it's actually magic mirror on the wall. Rookie mistake. Doctor Who also has one of these, and it involves the way that many fans wrongly remember the TARDIS's full name. Towards the end of Doctor Who's very first episode, Susan Foreman, the Doctor's granddaughter, claims that she was the one who came up with the TARDIS acronym by taking the initials from the phrase time and relative dimension in space. Despite that singular dimension being used not just by Susan but by the fifth Doctor in Frontios, the eighth Doctor in the TV movie and the tenth Doctor in Smith and Jones, among many other examples, fans usually remember it as the plural, dimensions, instead, probably because it rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. To be fair, Dimensions has also been used in the show, Adric in Four to Doomsday, the Seventh Doctor in Delta and the Bannerman, but with the singular version of the word being not just the original but the more prolific, it's time and relative dimension in space that's the correct version of the two. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Number five, Prisoner Zero runs past the window in Amy's house. Just past the 15-minute mark in Matt Smith's debut episode, the 11th Doctor accidentally leaves young Amelia Pond behind for a whopping 12 years, despite promising her he'd only be five minutes. Not cool. With Amelia sat waiting in her garden, the camera pulls back inside her dark, eerie house, and a mysterious figure darts past the window. This figure is never identified or explained, but considering that we just learned about the threat of Prisoner Zero, and with Amelia's landing door having opened of its own accord mere seconds before, it's understandable why a lot of viewers thought that it was Prisoner Zero who was lurking at the window. However, as confirmed by writer Stephen Moffat on the episode's commentary track, the original plan was to reveal that this figure was a future version of the 11th Doctor, the same 11th Doctor who travels back along his own time stream in the series finale, The Big Bang. In fact, the very same shot of Eleven darting past the window was intended to be used again in The Big Bang, but was removed because Moffat felt that it didn't edit in very well. Number 4. Doctor Who aired on the same night as the Kennedy assassination It can't be overstated how insane it is that Doctor Who has been on the air for 59 years. Most TV shows are lucky to get 4 or 5, and yet here we are about to celebrate the Doctor's 60th anniversary. And let's hope there's another 60 to come. Because 59 years is such a long time, those early days of the show are almost mythic by this point, and certain factoids about them have become twisted. There's the one about Ridley Scott being the designer of the Daleks. He wasn't. And it's often forgotten that Ron Grainer wasn't the sole creator of that iconic theme tune. Delia Derbyshire also shares in that credit, having provided the unforgettable sounds that formed its basis. Another prominent misconception involves the date on which the first ever Doctor Who episode was beamed into British homes, with an unearthly child famously airing on the exact same weekend as the Kennedy assassination in November 1963. You'll often find people saying that both of these events also happened on the exact same day. In reality though, the assassination happened on the 22nd of November, while the world was introduced to William Hartnell's first Doctor on the following day. Of course, this unfortunate timing meant that Doctor Who was greatly overshadowed. The death of a US president dominated the public consciousness more so than the debut of a quaint British sci-fi show. But there was nonetheless an entire day separating these events. Number 3. Tasha Lem was supposed to be River Song 
Tasha Lem's debut in 2013's Christmas special The Time of the Doctor brought with it immediate understandable comparisons to River Song. With both characters having a history with the Doctor, both having the same fun flirty relationship with him and both being capable of flying the TARDIS, there was enough evidence to suggest that Tasha might have been an incarnation of River. Or, as some fans believe, was originally meant to be River, only for the character to be changed as the episode entered production. Despite the belief that Tasha is River, or was supposed to be River, being raised on various forums over the years, it simply isn't true. Stephen Moffat has said that he was aiming for a different kind of relationship with Tasha and the Doctor, though he did also admit that he perhaps went a bit too River Song. He said, What I was looking for was, it was like the Doctor meeting his first girlfriend. So they have a certain knowledge of each other, but it's from a long time ago, and they're at ease. I think it went a bit too River Song, because everyone loved River so they sort of made her into another River. All of the evidence in the episode can be easily explained away, and though it's a cool theory, Moffat's comment strongly indicates that Tasha, though admittedly similar to River in some ways, was always intended to be her own character. Number 2. Michael Grade Cancelled Doctor Who there are some who believe that the Daleks or the Cybermen are the Doctor's greatest villain. To others, it's the Master, or even the Weeping Angels, but to fans who were watching the show in the mid to late 80s, it's probably Michael Grade. Grade was the controller of BBC One around that time, and was responsible for putting Doctor Who on hiatus in 1985, as well as firing sick Doctor Colin Baker the year after. He infamously hated the show, even going so far as to call it garbage. Clearly, he wasn't the type of fella to have a TARDIS mug in his cupboard. Because of Grade's well-documented hatred of the show, a lot of fans also associate him with its cancellation in 1989, which is an understandable connection to make. But in reality, Grade wasn't even at the BBC when that decision was made. He was succeeded as BBC One's controller by Jonathan Powell in 1987, and it was he who was responsible for Doctor Who disappearing from our screens. Sharing in that responsibility was head of series Peter Crugine, who even called himself the person who cancelled Doctor Who in the 2007 documentary Doctor Who Endgame. Grade's lack of faith in the show can't have helped matters though, so he does shoulder some of the blame. Number 1. The Twelfth Doctor Ran Around Naked in Heaven Sent Series 9's Heaven Sent is an incredibly complex episode that leaves just as many questions as it answers. How does the Doctor unlock a wooden door with the power of his thoughts? If the castle resets after each cycle, then why doesn't the Diamond Wall do the same? And who the hell left those spare clothes by the fireplace? Early on, the Doctor escapes the sinister veil by diving out of a window, falling straight into the water below. Shortly after, he finds a dry, spare outfit that he quickly swaps for his wet one, but the episode never reveals who those clothes originally belonged to. To some, however, the truth was hilariously obvious. With the Doctor dying and respawning over and over again in a seemingly endless loop, the clothes must have belonged to him. On his very first run through the castle, he'd simply left them there to dry, opting to run around naked for a bit before the veil eventually caught him. Though the thought of Twelve navigating the castle in his birthday suit is a funny one, Stephen Moffat has confirmed that's not what happened. He said, No, of course there wasn't a naked doctor. I sort of wrote that moment to force you to think that the first time round the castle, the first of many times, wasn't the same as the version we saw. In other words, the first cycle didn't require the doctor to strip off. Still, good luck getting that image out of your head. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.